Um, I just want to give an update of you know what God's been doing in my life. Um, I started classes. I'm a full-time seminary student now. I started classes on Wednesday. I'm really excited to learn about God, about theology, about church, and different things. And I'm excited, overwhelmed. You know, it's just a mixture of different feelings. Nervous as well. Um, I will definitely need your prayers. Please pray for me as I'm getting equipped to go um, learn and eventually to go back to India uh, to preach the gospel to the people there. And also pray that I would prioritize my time and my finances and my relationships as I try, try, try to navigate this, this new chapter. Definitely need a lot of discipleship and advice from you guys, from Pastor Chuck and Pastor Matt. And I'm always grateful for, for them, for their shepherding and for their discipleship. The last time I preached was about a month ago on uh, 1 Timothy 1, chapter 1. Uh, we talked about love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, from a sincere faith. And Charles concluded that chapter. Um, it was an amazing, he did an amazing job expositing those last few verses from a, from a personal point of view, you know, sharing his own testimony on how God changed his life. And all of it on, is on the internet if you, got, if you guys can go listen to it if you want to listen to it and since he concluded chapter 1 and Pastor Matt is on vacation I was given chapter 2 um, and I want you guys to know that I don't take this responsibility just lightly and, and it's never a burden for me to preach to, to bring God's word to you, to you all because I enjoy this responsibility I enjoy this um, this opportunity um, and that Pastor Chuck and Pastor Matt um, trust me in doing this. The, the passage that we're going to be talking about, and I want to pray um, before I dig into the scriptures, the passage we're going to be talking about is, is a very interesting passage. Um, this first few verses that we're going to be talking, um, I don't think there's never been a, there's never been a, a better time to preach on prayer specifically um, to pray for our leaders and people who are in authority. And we all know that the things that are going on in, in the world right now, especially in Afghanistan and regarding Afghanistan and all our brothers and sisters being persecuted, a lot of them actually being, being killed. Not only Christians, but also the, the citizens of Af Afghanistan. Not only regarding Afghanistan, but also in different parts of the world. There's so many things going on politically and regarding COVID and lockdowns and, you know, this new variant that's going around all over the place. But God has not changed. He's still on the, on the throne and he's still sovereign. And Hebrews, Hebrews 13 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changed one bit. He's still just as faithful and just as sovereign since the beginning. So let's read, if you guys want to stand, let's read First uh, Timothy 2. We'll read from verse 1 to 6 real quick. First Timothy 2, verse 1. First of all, then I urge that petitions, prayers, and intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings 
and all those who are in authority so that we may, we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in godliness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, a testimony at the proper time. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you, God, that we have your word. God, I, I think about churches in different parts of the world right now. They, they don't have your word in, in, their, in their language. They don't have word in their dialects. But we have the privilege of reading the infallible word that you've written to many people through the Holy Spirit for us, for our edification, for our salvation, for our sanctification, for us to know the truths, the great doctrines of grace and, and the good news that we have, the salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. But God, we, we're not faithful in, in reading, we're not faithful in learning because we, many a times we take things for granted and God, I pray that you would Give us a heart, convict us to take this seriously. And I pray that you would speak to us this morning, that you would use me to speak to heritage. Um, and I pray that you would take away all the pride and all the, all the temptations, um, spiritual warfare that's happening, uh, that you would speak to your people and that your spirit would convict them from the passage that we just read. I pray that you would help us to love you more and, and that you would help us to grow our love for you more and more um, as we talk about this passage. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, the first thing that comes to, obviously that comes to your mind when you see this passage is it's clear that Paul is talking about prayer. Um, he's talking about praying for kings and praying for basically, essentially everyone. But what is prayer? And my, my, my sermon today is, is titled Praying for Our Leaders. So it's not just talking about prayer. It's talking about praying for a specific group of people. But what is prayer? Prayer is talking to God in a simple way. It's, it's communication. It's simply addressing God it's talking to the creator of this universe. It's, it's a privilege that we have, so we can't take this for granted. And Paul says, petitions, prayers, and intercessions, and thanksgiving. And petitions here, and it's, I think it's something else in different translations, but I'm using the CSB translation here. Petitions here means um, requests made on the basis of urgency. And Paul says, I urge. He's... It's, it's, an, it's not an emergency, but it's, he's exhorting them to do this right away. And intercessions are requests made on behalf of others. It's praying for someone. You know, in Luke 22, Jesus prayed for Peter that his faith may not fail. That's an intercessory prayer. You're praying for someone. And, and, and the last one is Thanksgiving prayer, which is an expression of gratitude that... We thank God when we pray. We thank 
God for other people when we pray. And scripture has a lot of, over the, in the Gospels, a lot of times Jesus says, Father, I thank you. I thank you. And even Paul prays um, in a lot of situations. Um, and when Paul says, pray for everyone, he's literally talking about praying for everyone. The elect and, and the lost. Because we don't know, obviously we know that God is not going to save every single person because people make their choices regarding Christ if they wanted to accept Christ or not. But we don't know who's going to be in hell, who's going to end up in hell. So God commands us through Paul, the Holy Spirit tells us to, through Paul that we need to pray for everyone. We are commanded to pray for everyone. We're commanded to preach the gospel to everyone because we don't know their eternal destination. But how, how often do we, do we pray for them? How often do we pray for our unsaved friends in our personal prayers? And I'm trying to make it, make it a habit, and I'm, again, this, this is, this is, I'm guilty of this myself because I don't pray as often as, should, as I should. I'm making it a habit to pray every time when I'm driving or when I'm, you know, not like doing anything that requires all my attention. I'm just doing small bits of prayer because it, it's still prayer. You don't have to all the time be in your bedroom on your knees. You can still pray when you're doing other things as long as your mind is engaged. And we, we because Paul is saying pray for everyone, I, I feel like we, we generalize our prayers many times. For example, um, our prayers are like, God bless, God please bless everyone in this world. God please bless all the people in the world. I get the heart behind it, but I think it's important to be a little bit specific when we pray, especially for unbelievers. Um, it's important to tell God that you want this person to be saved. Um, one way, and it's hard to, it's actually hard to track answered prayers with, with general prayer requests, right? Like if you say, God, save everybody, everybody in this world, and how do you know that that prayer is getting answered? So one way of having assurance of salvation is, is answered prayers, because God answers prayers, and he, he doesn't answer the devil's children's prayers. He answers his children's prayers. So I think, I just wanted to give you, I just want to tell you that it's important to be specific when we pray. And Paul, ta Paul tells Timothy to pray for a specific group. Specific group in verse 2, if you see, for kings and all those who are in authority, so that we may lead. Okay, for kings and all those who are in authority. And the leaders, and Paul is telling Timothy to pray for kings and all those who are in authority. And the leaders during the time when this letter was written uh, were heathens. They were not believers. And they were persecuting Christians, and Paul urges them to pray for them. And we are commanded to pray for people who persecute us. In, in Matthew 5, Jesus says, love your enemies and, and pray for those who persecute you. Why should we pray for our people? Why should we pray for our leaders and people? And people in authority? We'll get, we'll get to that in a, in, a, in a little bit. But we... We live in a world with, with corrupt leaders, don't we? There are so many leaders 
corrupt leaders consumed in their own position and all they, all they think is about guarding their position, even if it costs relationships. And I'm talking a little bit about India here too because I've seen a lot of polit like political people so consumed in their, in their position and money and everything. And when it comes to the Western side, we have so many leaders, you know, who are implementing, implementing laws that are justifying, you know, the murder of babies in the womb and, and justifying transgender activities and just slowly adapting to, to the culture um, and the change that's happening in the culture. And this is, this is ultimately destroying the way God designed life to be, God, the way God intended life to be. And uh, not only this, but we've seen, we've seen some decisions that have been made by our leaders that has, been, that has had a dev devastating impact on other nations as well. And one of the recent ones is the fall of Afghanistan. And again, I say this, there's, there's never been a better time for us to be reminded of, to pray for our leaders and people who are in authority. And that's why Paul urges us, Paul urges the church, Paul encourages these churches, uh, this church specifically in, in Ephesus, to pray for their leaders, to pray for the Roman emperors, to pray for Caesar, to pray for King Pharaoh, you name it. Pray for your leaders. He wants us to pray for all these leaders who are in authority so that they might repent and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Right? And it is our responsibility to pray for our leaders. So why should we pray for them? In the same verse, verse 2, be, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in godliness and dignity. We need to pray for our leaders so that we might live a quiet and a peaceful life in godliness. You know, if you're a, if you're a follower, if you're, if you're a true follower of Jesus Christ and you live in this world, I got news for you you will be persecuted. And when I, when I talk about persecuted, I'm not talking about you know, having a thunderstorm on a Sunday morning or running out of food after church. That's not what I'm talking, that's not persecution. I read an article, I'll tell you what persecution is. I read an article this last week by, by Mark Mores. Um, he works with uh, refugees. He wrote an article called How Afghan Pastors reflect on God's sovereignty. This is a little bit disturbing. This is what he said. Quote, This past weekend, we met in Afghan English church retreat. On the first night of the retreat, we learned that a pastor in Afghan received a letter from, a from the Taliban. And this is what the letter said. We know who you are, what you do, and where to find you. And by Saturday, the Taliban were at his door, but the pastor had gone into hiding. That's persecution. Persecution is not, again, running out of supplies at church or having a bad weather. Persecution is you getting threats, death threats, for, from people who want to kill you for putting your faith in Christ. And, and Paul says in, in 2 Timothy 2, I think, um, there's a verse that says, 2 Timothy 2, 12, in fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You can live a godly life. You can, give, you can live a moral life in this world 
and the world will accept you. But if you live a godly life in Christ Jesus, if you put Jesus Christ on the agenda, you will be persecuted because the world hates Jesus. And our response as followers of Christ is, is to pray for them. It's, it's, not re- it's not rebellion. We can't. Our job is not to, to backfire and, and to, to fight them. Our job is to pray for them. You know, it reminds me of Jesus' life because he was a human too. He was tempted the same way we were tempted. He was God. He never ceased to be God. But he went through the same things that we went through except he didn't sin. Matthew 14, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when, he, and when it was evening, he was there alone. Mark 6, he left for the mountain to pray. Luke 6, he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Whole night. When's the last time we prayed a whole night? I, I didn't, I'll be honest. We, we, we pray we pray for the, we pray for our leaders because God told us to, but also God wants us to, so that we might live a life that is peaceful under their leadership. We don't pray for, for strength to fight them back. We pray for strength to endure the persecution to live a peaceful life. You guys tracking with me? <laughs> you guys are so quiet today. I, I don't know where I read this, but I was reading something this week. Um, you know, Paul never prayed for deliverance from his physical persecution. He, he prayed for God. He prayed that God would use him through his persecution. That's interesting, isn't it? Like when we go through some physical sickness, I don't know, COVID-19, I guess, we immediately, we're so tempted to pray, oh God, take this away from me. But Paul didn't care. Paul didn't care about his physical um, needs. All he cared about is the souls that are being, the souls that are lost, the souls that are going to hell around him. And I think, I think we, should, we should pray like that. I think we should pray for our leaders, we should pray for people who are lost. We should pray that God would use us in the persecution. And I don't think it's, it's, it's wrong. I don't think it's a bad thing to, to pray f- that God would deliver us from a certain situation, um, maybe a thorn in the flesh or something. But more importantly, God cares about our soul and he changes us. He makes us more like Christ through all the, 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 the thorns that he gives us in, in life. In verse 3, Paul says, This is good, and it pleases our God, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Praying for our leaders Praying for all the people who are in authority pleases our God. He wants us to live.
God wants us to live a peaceful life, not a rebellious life, a peaceful life, a tranquil, it's a quiet life, it's, it's I guess you can call it a fussless life, um, because that pleases God. And this, this passage says that he wants everybody to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And there was a, there was a little bit of debate with this, with this verse because, you know, Calvinism and Arminianism, does God want everybody to be saved? Let me make this, let me make this a little clear for us. Um, I don't want any arguments after this. <laughs> no promise. <laughs> no promise. <laughs> Let's take the Bible as it is, as opposed to arguing about it. I know no one argues here, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Except for Ben. God wants everybody to be saved. You cool with that? No? no? Okay, God desires everybody to be saved. But in God's eternal purpose, he doesn't have everyone. Okay, that, that sounds very strange, but that's just the truth. Let me say that again. God doesn't want, doesn't want anyone to go to hell, anyone because his wrath is everlasting. His wrath, in another, in another sense, is unbearable. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. He desires everyone to come to the saving knowledge of Christ. But not everybody is in his eternal purpose of salvation. Does that make sense? It's really not about Calvinism and Arminianism. It's about just understanding this verse. Is God unjust by picking who he wants? No, because in fact he, he's supposed to send all of us to hell. You don't, you don't want, in another sense, just. You want mercy. You want grace from God. Because he would, we would all be in, in hell, but he picked a few because of his grace and his mercy. And again, we can't, we can't, it's not God, it's, it's also our responsibility. We make the decision to reject Christ. We make the decision to follow Christ. It's, it's a paradox that our minds cannot comprehend, our minds cannot understand, because God is sovereign, but we are also responsible for our salvation. So God desires everyone to be saved. He desires everyone to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But not everybody does. And, and I talked about it a couple weeks ago when I was preaching, like in Matthew 7, many of them, a lot of them in this world think that they're saved, but they're not saved. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 7, not everybody who says to me, Lord, will be in the kingdom of heaven. Your, your, 
the lordship of Christ in your life should be evident. It's not just confession, it's also a lifestyle that, that should show that you're saved. Um, so I just want to conclude by saying that we, we need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for our president. We need to pray for wisdom for our president and our vice president. The decisions that are being made by, the, by our leaders, especially the leaders of this country, affect other countries. So if, if I can, I, I asked Pastor Chuck if I'm allowed to do this, and he said yes. I want us to take a few minutes right now to specifically pray for our leaders, for our, for our president, for our vice president, that, that God would lead, lead us in a tranquil, in a quiet life, in a, in a life that, is, that leads us to godliness. And I also want us to pray for the persecuting believers in Afghanistan in India as well, in, in, in China, in all these countries when believers are being persecuted. Regardless of what church they, they, they're sent out from, they're still our brothers and sisters in Christ. So before, before I, I close, I, I just let's take a few minutes. Let's pray for, for these people, and I'll close this out in prayer. pray. Father, we, we thank you, God, for speaking to us through this passage and reminding us of the fact that we need to pray for our leaders and all the people who are in authority around the world. God, we, we pray that you would help us to take this seriously. We, we pray that you would help us to take this responsibility to pray for our leaders seriously so that we might live a peaceful life. I pray, God, right now for our president and our vice president that you would give them wisdom as they make decisions in the, in the future about different things. I also pray for the people in Afghanistan and the situation, we just uplift that situation right now, God. Nothing is out of your control. Everything is in your hands. Comfort them, especially our, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ and all the believers. We just pray that you would comfort them. pray that you would be f help us to be faithful in praying for them. We thank you for this time of worship and, and, and praise and, and just pondering on your faithfulness 
And we thank you for everything that you've done for us, for giving us this, this wonderful privilege of gathering together and praying together and fellowshipping together. And help us not to take any of this for granted. And help us to love you more and more for your glory. In Christ's name, amen.